Hi! Welcome to Tales of a New DM. My name's Anthony, uh, and today I'm speaking with Lana. Uh, Lana, do you want to give us a bit of an intro on who you are and how you got started into dungeon mastering? Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Lana, I'm Dutch, I'm 35 years old, and I got sucked into dungeon mastering about a year ago, and I was I was groomed. I was groomed by a, a friend of mine who's a player who was always the dungeon master, and she wanted to play, and she was like, you would be so good at this. Yes, really, really, just try it, I'll help you. And I got sucked in. That sounds a hundred percent like the conversation that I had with uh, with the person that runs the Dandy, well, used to run the Dandy group. Uh, may you rest in peace. Um, when he recruited me to be a dungeon master, it was like all those sweet words of "Oh, you'll be really great at this," <laughs> and know? it's so much fun, and it's it's way more fun than playing. Just just try it. Oh yeah, give give it a go. <laughs> it's it's not that hard. How did no, you, it's not hard at all. <laughs> how, how did you find uh, the transition going from player to dungeon master? Like, did you have to do a lot of prep or research before you jumped in? Well, the thing is, for me, it was kind of at the same time because I missed the boat early on. When we were studying, uh, there was a group that was playing and I really wanted to try it, but there were a few people in there that didn't really mesh with me, and it wasn't just, it wasn't really my my group of people, so I missed the boat on that. Yep. Then, years later, this same friend, she was like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll get you in here, and we're going to go play Pathfinder, and get a group together, and I had just had a baby. And I have... A, gorgeous husband who is not very outgoing and we had another friend who's also not very outgoing yeah so we were at the table with me being an extrovert a few introverts and a baby who went off every hour so we had two sessions we're grand old failure and she was like okay i'm sorry this is not working and we just couldn't do it so i actually hadn't played dnd before she started grooming me to be a DM. And she was like, oh no, you'll play in a few one-shots for me and you'll see how it goes and then you'll just jump in. So I actually started playing and DMing at, in, in the same two-month area. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How did you think that, that um, like not, not having as much experience as a player translated into how you run as a DM? Like... Does it does it make it easier for you not being such a stickler for rules or anything like that? I, I do think it helps me because I am very, very hard on myself. Whenever I do something, I really want to do it well. And if you don't have a lot to compare yourself to, uh, except for some, uh, you know, we all watch Critical Role, that's how she got me in there. Yep. Uh, and you know you're never going to be like that but you get inspiration from it and she was my only other inspiration and i could really make it my own and i didn't feel bogged down by oh this people always rule like this i i do tend to stick to rules but i i am very 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 much into the rule of cool if you can explain to me why this should work i'm gonna let it work and 
I feel I'm I'm kind of free. I don't know if it would be different if I had had a lot of other experience, but yeah, I like it this way. No, no, I think that's that's perfectly fine. I I run very much the same way. Uh, I had very similar situation to yourself. I only played uh, maybe a handful of games, maybe three or four tops before I started dungeon mastering myself. And I, I find it doesn't, it, it gives you that certain flexibility because you're not, you know, you haven't been a certain way as a player for such a long period of time that it affects your dungeon mastering in any way. So you sort of can be a little bit more flexible around that. And the, the rule of cool, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, is essentially, if it's cool, it doesn't matter about the rules. Just just let it ride. It's it, exactly. it's all good. Yeah, uh, it's all good. But but please tell me, explain to me, convince me why this would work. It's just not just because because it looks cool. But if they have like a, a, a silly object in their pocket and they can explain to me why this tiny marble would be exactly the thing to conduct the light that they put it in the right way and they could brandish something somewhere of course you you thought about this i'm gonna reward you for being creative oh yeah 100 100 percent. it's all about um en- enabling your players to be as creative as they possibly can and when they do be creative and it's not necessarily within the rules, being flexible enough to sort of go, you know what? I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll, I'll let yeah. you. I'll let you do that. Yeah, that makes me really happy. And something that also helped me a lot is that the person that did groom me, she is such a good ally at the table. She plays uh, in in most of my games, and this way. I, I could lean on her for a bit. And she never, never questioned my judgments, even though she would have judged differently. And she would always champion my judgments with the other ones and just play into it. And it really helps when you have an ally at the table that just makes you feel like, even if you're being stupid or making really weird judgments, they're like, okay, this is your world. We're going with you. Yeah, it's it's weird sometimes having someone that knows more about the game than yourself at the table because you're so for me at least uh the when i started when i got my own table and uh was running that for the first time i had at least two people on the table that had either played for a long time or had dungeon mastered their own games and it's kind of a bit odd because you sort of make a ruling on something and then you sort of look over to their side of the table to go like it's almost an implicit question. It's like, yeah. is this right? Exactly. I I have made some some rulings in the past that that I if I if I had a little bit more latent knowledge, I would have done differently. And and I've talked to her about it afterwards, and she was like, you know what? Just if you feel like you need to change it for the next session, just start the session with, you know, guys, I ruled this way. Thought about it. I'm not going to retcon anything, but from now on, we're going to do it differently. And that gave me, it was the ability to fail without fucking up. It made me feel really, yeah, safe. Yeah. And I think it's it's important for new dungeon masters out there uh, to realize that you can, that you will, you will fuck up. You will make mistakes. Uh, and, it, and it is 100% oh, yes. okay to just go to your players and be like, hey, 
I, I didn't mean to do this last session. Can we either retcon this or uh, alter it so it fits better with what we're trying to do or, you know, just chat to the guys at the table and find out what what their thoughts on it are? Because they may just be like, no, nah, this is cool. It's it's not a problem, um, depending on what what you've done. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's important to, to keep in mind that you're there to have fun as well. I, I sometimes get a bit swept away by the the feeling that I have to make everyone happy and I forget about me enjoying as well. And if you don't enjoy a way things are going or you don't enjoy a ruling that you made or a way people are running with it, just talk to your friends. They're your friends. Talk to them. Or even if they're not your friends and you're playing like in a store or anything you can still say okay guys just like five minutes i want to preempt some things and then we're gonna get just you're allowed to have opinions too oh for sure for sure the the people you play with at the table are they people you've known for a while and are friends or is this are they people that you don't know or is it a mix um, my, uh, my game, the, uh, we play, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist at the moment, and I play with the friend who wrote me in, uh, my husband, uh, someone we didn't really know that much, but we need another player and we were getting drunk at our, at our favorite bar and we had seen her around and we were like, you're going to enjoy this. Just come over. And she's like, totally in. And... There was another friend who wasn't into uh, role-playing at all, but I knew her boyfriend was. So I was like, okay, does your boyfriend need another game? And he had been trying to get her into role-playing for 12 years, and she was never interested because his normal game didn't really do a lot of role-playing and was really rule-heavy Pathfinder, and she just didn't enjoy that. But but I got her at the table as well, and she's now so in. She loves it so much. So I have a mixture of, of old friends and acquaintances, I guess. Nice. A nice mix like that is always good. Um, do you find it difficult to balance making sure everyone at the table gets enough, I guess, screen time or DM time or story time? Yeah, a little bit, but that's also because I have a few very, very extroverted people and a few very, very not so extroverted people who need a little bit more coaching and a little bit of restraint from the extroverted people to let them uh, get there. But we, this is something we explicitly talk about, like... Um, okay, you did so well. You 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 spoke up a few times. I, I really enjoyed you uh, getting in more with the role playing, and I will ask them more questions where the other ones will just pipe up, so I don't have to. Uh, I do try, but it's also very easy to get swept up in people who just buy in so heavily and play along, and then you get oh oh he hasn't said anything all session. Okay, and what what are you, what are you thinking right now? What do you want to do? So you have to keep a little bit of an eye out for the people who are not naturally inclined to just speak up at every moment. Yeah, I love I love when a when a player at the table initiates another player to get involved yes. in the game because you just sit back because you're watching it and it's it's tricky sometimes because you're waiting for that opening to to try and draw a, like potentially one or two quieter players into the game and when a when a 
another player acknowledges that and goes, hey, you haven't said anything for a while. What's your character doing? You know, what what are you thinking at the moment? It just it just brings a smile to my face. It really does every time. It does. And it took us a few sessions before, because I have like two veteran players and three newbies. For the new people to understand that they're actually allowed to talk at any moment they would like. Seriously, you're allowed. It was like a revelation for them. So, but now they're they're getting into it, and and it's really nice. Nice. How long have you been playing for now, or how long's the game been running for? This game has been running for oh my god, um, we've had about nine or ten sessions, and we only get to play like every two or three weeks. So, a couple of months now. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, uh, I run Waterdeep, and up till now, they don't know what's coming. It's been a really happy, inviting place, and they went to the opera, and they had so much fun, and they go shopping all the time, and there is fighting, but it's all happy, happy, you know. And I play in a Curse of Strahd campaign, (laughs) (laughs) In which I end up crying half the time. So it's a really nice balance. So it's just like, you, you know what you're getting into sort of with each game. It's like, oh, this one's, this is the one where I recover yeah. fr- from from Curse of Strahd. It is. It really, really is. And um, before I started DMing Waterdeep, I, I DMed two uh, day-long one-shots. They were like my my entrance, and that's where I learned the most. I I think, and because in a campaign you have a lot of wiggle room, you can you can fix things the next time. But doing a day long one shot with people who who made characters to shine for for one or two days, that's really like jumping into the deep end as a new DM. But I would really recommend it to people because with a campaign, people might be a little bit silent in the beginning but if they, if they know this is a one shot we're playing for hours where we're doing it they will buy in as hard as you will and you don't have to think about planting seeds to to go uh, uh, for like sessions afterwards you can just do the thing and it really it really opened my heart to dming so i would nice nice no i've i've recently run uh, my first couple of one shot, just couple of hour one shot sessions for a couple of players. I usually do it when um, either we don't have enough people turn up at the table, or uh, we've got one uh, one player who, in particular, sometimes works away. So I'll do like a one on one sort of D and D session uh, with them when it's possible. Um, but I I too highly recommend. Uh, one shots as a great way to learn um, and to feel comfortable yeah. as well because sometimes when you when you're trying to do rec- uh, like a back-to-back continuous story um, y- there's so much to manage yeah exactly in terms of what you need to remember uh, what what sort of one shots did you run i ran shore of dreams by potion press uh, which is a great one shot to run. It's interesting and it's it's really well laid out. But the thing is, it's a it's a one shot for one. Uh, it says I think it says four to six hours, and, and 
because I I do play uh, role play heavy games. It was about ten hours. Uh, but the thing is, we were playing that, and there is uh, a little hut with a few old ladies in there. And one of my players was uh, a cleric of Helm. And uh, I was role-playing these old ladies, and we were just having fun, and I was complaining about my grandson who never wrote me, and he focused in on that so hard. And he was like, Madam, I will find your grandson, and I will get him to write to you. So we finished the adventure, and they were like, okay, so when are we going to find Frank? Because the grandson was called Frank. And I was like, okay, seriously, you want to go with these characters to find the grandson of the old lady? And they were like, yeah, yeah. So I wrote like a second one shot called Find Frank, uh, <laughs> which was totally silly and amazing. And uh, that's also where I, I turned my hand at creating a monster. This is something I do not recommend for new DMs, but I am crazy. And I wanted uh, some interesting water creatures. And there are not a lot of water creatures. The new supplement, the, the Ghost of Salt March that they're get, bringing, I can't wait. Can't wait. But I decided to create a gelatinous iceberg. Because why not? <laughs> so I, That I, sounds awesome. It, it's on my Twitter. I will, I will pin it, I think, uh, so people can find it. And I had a lot of people on Twitter help me, a lot of really veteran people... Uh, and it, it's really a really cool monster. And they were on an island and they had to find a ship. And they grabbed the ship and said, we're calling it the Titanic. <laughs> and they didn't know they were going to find the gelatinous <laughs> iceberg. So I have never had a more hard time to keep a poker face than at that bloody moment. Because two hours later, they were enveloped by a gelatinous iceberg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, keeping a straight face as a DM. Oh my god, talk, that's a that's a challenge. That's a challenge in and of itself, because you because you're so because you know what's coming, and when they when they're like just about to do whatever is going to either be really beneficial or just really detrimental to the body, uh you've got to sort of play it the same way and it's it's funny i once um i i'll get back to the one shot uh in a minute but the uh i i knew there was an encounter that i'd set up where the party was going to go to a vampire house in my homebrew campaign mm -hmm. um and they didn't know they were vampires until the last minute so this they got into the house, started insulting the homeowner, and just just <laughs> going on in in the middle of a ballroom. Like they're they the vampires having this party, and they've they've just rocked up and started going. Oh, this is a shit party. What are you What are you guys doing? Choices. Um, yeah, and then it's then it's just like oh, you know what? I'll I'll do uh I'll do detect uh, oh, what is it uh. It's a spell that it can cast. I think it's a paladin thing to look for uh, good or evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detect good and evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, then they determined that it was then it was vampires, and you could see the look on the 
face of the party just drop. The the joy as a DM, I think, is uh, in those moments oh, when you realize. Yeah, we live on players' emotions. It's just like when when they realize, oh man, I've got this weapon that I that I've been looking for for months, or they've they've just realized that they've done stuffed up, and uh, now they have to work their way out of it. it. Those are the little things I think that bring such joy, such joy as a DM. And also, uh, it's it's a tool. People don't don't usually think of it that way, but using your face as a tool to mislead your players in a good way. It's just when they hone in on something small that's nothing, and you give them this knowing look, and and they waste their time examining things or or if you just keep a straight face when something is really scary and and they just get so confused my dm is really good at that because curse of strat we are on edge all the time and every time something good happens we don't trust it because she has this knowing look and you never know if it's really good or if it's going to go to hell in a second and it's really good awesome awesome yeah uh, uh the dm that i play uh, I play in a game for she's really good as well um, she doesn't let anything slip at all she's really good poker face <laughs> really really good poker face um, just quickly back on the the one shots yeah. uh, there's another couple of really good ones that I've run that I highly recommend if people haven't if you watch Crit- Critical Role you probably know one of them uh, Honey Heist is fantastic by Grant Howitt um super fun very quick to run uh the it's one of his one page um rpgs one page games that he runs or that he set up and the other one is also by him and it's called uh goat crashes where you play a goat and all you want to do is party and the humans won't let you party so you have to sneak into a party and try not to get caught. And it's amazing. Hands down, some of the most fun I've ever had in a one shot. I do, I do love those. And they don't, you, you don't even have to prepare for them. You can just, no. you can just start them. And I, I have played in one on an evening where my friend was like, Ugh, I'm bored, I want to play a game, but I don't want to play a board game. Does anyone want to play Honey Heist? And it was actually one of the most fun nights i've ever had it's just it's super quick to set up and i I think it teaches a lot especially for people that either haven't played DD but are on the fence um it's really good as a gateway into that sort of as a game to play where you're sort of role playing but it's not DD, but you get the you get the taste for it yeah, and you don't have a sheet with all these things you don't understand and you can just be the bear you're supposed to be and it's really fun. Uh, another game that works not in the same way, but really good for people who have never played any role-playing games is Fiasco. Fiasco is amazing and you're supposed to do bad at it. So that helps people let go because you're supposed to end in ruin. Okay, what type of game is it? Because I've I've actually not heard of it, so I'm curious. Oh, okay, it's really cool. It's um, how do I explain it? It's you do have someone who's leading, uh, but it's not really a dungeon mastering. 
and you have uh, it, it tells you how to set it up and you have different locations where you can play it and you can all download these for it's not free but it's really really cheap and i think the starter set is like 10 euros or something and then you get a and you can download a whole lot of free um locations as well and every player has a relationship with another player and a location and it's it's like improvisation meets role-playing so you get this is uh, your relationship this is your location and this is the end goal and the other people will decide if the scene you're playing ends well for you or bad for you and then you play it out and at the end you can see i i have with this game i have ended up that this was a, a, a toddlers and tiaras themed one where i have ended up being a, a mother of a child totally deranged running through the streets in only a purple sheet uh, screaming but it's purple but it's purple it was amazing <laughs> that yeah that sounds fantastic that sounds like a you want to bunch play of it. fun yeah <laughs> yeah i certainly do um from what i understand you also have a a, a twitter thread of shops that you make that you come up with i do it's uh, i have to get back to it but i uh if if there are a lot of shops on there, it usually means I am I'm in mentally a little bit of down state because I do it to to make me happy. Yep. And I make very wholesome shops. I make uh, shops like the Heavenly Bakery, who that's run by a, a cleric of Paylor that makes like hangover uh, stuffed bread on Saturdays with a full English breakfast inside. Or a yarn shop run by a pixie, which you shouldn't insult because all your yarn will have knots in it when you leave. And it's just because I think shops and things like that give so much flavor to a place. And you can just say, okay, this is a general store. You can buy this. Or you can say, okay, this is a home goods store run by a halfling and a furbog. Uh, and the halfling does the bottom shelves and the furbog does the top shelves. And it just pulls people more into uh, a story and I, I really love making them and I love hearing about other people's weird shops. Uh, I I made one, uh, what, what was it? I think I called it, um, I called it the Masterwork Inn. It was a dwarven, uh, a dwarven sort of shop slash inn. Uh, they and they spent like a couple of days just in the inn, talking, <laughs> and uh, there was a bathhouse and there were shenanigans in the bathhouse. Uh, just, I I think something like that thread. I, I read through it. It's fantastic, by the way. I think it's really cool. Um, Thank you. Little things like that. I think are really important when you're starting out as a DM because I, I think it, it's easy to get lost in or they need to go to this destination and it, it has to be a progression where these little pit stops are things where I find the most fun sort of interactions yeah. at the table happen. It is. Uh, I had them go to the opera, which was kind of a plot point, and then they had to get home, but they wanted to have another drink and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, there's this uh, dwarven karaoke bar called the King's Cask, and it, and if you play well enough, they'll they'll give you free drinks. And they did spend like 
at the table we spent like an hour there because they uh, they find found uh, instruments and they they started pouring beers themselves and it was just so much fun and they really want to go back there again and i'm like but we have to go through the story people yeah we just want to go drink and sing songs with the dwarves it's just <laughs> the 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 party that i run at the moment they they wanted at one point to essentially abandon their main quest and just start going tavern to tavern doing doing uh because we've got a bar- pub crawl we've got a barbarian and a paladin that like to like wrestle and test their strength uh so oh. they they were just challenging anybody and everybody to wrestling matches and and like one-on-one fights in the middle of bra in in the middle of uh the taverns and were making money and they were just like this is a cool side business maybe we should just do this <laughs> and it, it all started just from one uh one tavern visit that happened to have a fighting pit in it and they were like oh let's go test out the fighting pit and the, the barbarian had such a good time that uh now any any inn that they go and visit they're looking they're looking for that fighting pit um and it's it's little little things like that that i think are, are the bits they're the bits that i remember the most uh in in the campaign it is but it's also sometimes i get a little bit insecure because it's not really the fight heavy or something. And I, I had a talk with my, my players about this. I was like, guys, it sometimes feels like I, 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 you're playing like Sims with your characters or something. And, and it is wrong. And, and I'm trying to get you to, to do the plot. And they were like, okay, we love playing Sims. And you didn't make us stay for three hours in the zoo looking at all the animals. We wanted to do that. So sometimes you think you're doing something wrong and it's actually just what your players wanted. So yeah, just talk to your players. I can't I can't recommend that suggestion highly enough. Talking to your players about the game and about the state of the game. Like everyone talks about the session zero being super important, and it is, but I think along the way you also have to sort of have pit stops and check-ins pre and post sessions yeah Yeah. just just sort of be like hey guys this this was a really fun session just want to make sure that everyone else you know had a fun session as well um you know because essentially it means that if the player has a problem they're more likely to come to you at the table and go hey last last week i didn't actually have a good time you know and you can get that info rather than it being 10 weeks later and they're super angry and you know causing frustration at the table exactly and and also for yourself if if you're being really insecure which does happen uh, don't feel weird if you get insecure i've heard it i've I've talked to people and every dm thinks they're fucking it up sometimes and if you it's not weak to ask for a little bit of reassurance that you're doing a good job because you know you're you're trying to make everyone happy and you need to know that you're doing a good job as well and it's not weird to just ask for a little bit of <laughs> i don't know affirmation from your from your friends and players yeah exactly exactly uh, no no starting dm should go in with the expectation that they need to be as good as someone like matthew mercer or you know um or the DM you play with. Yeah. Even. 
yeah, just you're starting. It's a skill and it's a skill set. And I, I, I have, I played a lot of theater as a child. I had, I had theater classes for about 10 years. So I'm very, very good at improvising. I am not very good at keeping track of everything. I have severe ADHD. So I have people at the table help me. I, I have them help me when I make a mistake and I say, okay, please tell me if I forget someone in initiative because my brain will just not register everything. And so you don't have to be good at everything. Just play to your strengths. NPC names. Just, oh God! <laughs> it's like when the when the players go, "Hey, what's what's this person on the street's name?" And you're just like, "I, I don't know." And you look around the room trying to find something that you can name them as. Um, and then two- this is this is something they should have put on the DM screens. Just loads of names. Oh, just lists of names. I yeah. I have a folder now that I printed out tables. Of just various race race names, so if I'm like, oh yeah, you see a you see a dwarven person down the street, uh, you know, there's a cu- couple of dwarves walking, you know, there's a couple of drow, you know, uh, just random people walking down the street, and they decide to talk to one of them. It's just like, cool, get the folder. Let's 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 find a name. <laughs> I I usually default to really boring names because it's funny. So uh, the hardware store I was talking about is called Hank's Hardware and the Furball is called Hank because it's just funnier. I could I could give him an old, a big old fantasy name, but just Hank the Furball, it's just it's just funny to me. So our uh, the the DM that runs the game that I play in does very similar things. Uh, I got my druid wherever he is at the moment i don't know what he's doing right now um he has a pet fox and they decided to name him todd and i'm like why todd and it's just like because it's amazing because it's todd (laughs) and i think it should be and i think i think uh there's no such thing as a a wrong way to do that like to name something you can make it as serious as you want, and you can make it as puntastic, silly as as it goes, and either way is right. Not, none of none of it's wrong. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Do you have a Do you have a favorite, uh, like creature or monster or sort of plot? Oh yes, oh yes, I love flump. Flump are amazing, and they're underused. And I do not subscribe to the fact that they only live in the Underdark. Uh, in the one shot I ran uh, with the gelatinous iceberg, I also decided that there are sea-dwelling flumph because they are jellyfish and they will swim above water and they will help you and talk to you. And I just love playing them and they're so funny and they're so happy. And I just love flumph. They're my favorite. I have... I must say that I've never heard of them and I've just I've just looked them up and I'm I'm like why haven't I why haven't I seen these things these are great You haven't seen them because they are only living in the underdark and they are uh I think they're lawful good and 
They live on negative psychic energy from things like um, uh, aboleths. And that's why you can't really use them that much. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm going to use them. So I put them in the zoo in Waterdeep. They're not um, kept there. They decided to live there. And uh, the Waterdeep uh, people bring uh, like really evil prisoners there once in a while. And then they get the evil sucked out of them. And you can go there to have like a therapeutic afternoon with the flume who will imbue you with happiness and and joy. And it's just, yeah, I just love it so much. And the fact is, my players went to the zoo and they had this really nice moment with some flume. And in game, they bought t-shirts that said, um, don't worry, flume happy, things like that. (laughs) And then one of my players came the next time and she had made that shirt. So it's just, yeah. It was so good. That is that is fantastic. It is. Um, if you had a just a piece of advice that you would give to to new DMs out there, or or people that are maybe players or haven't played and want to get into being a dungeon master, what would you what would you drop on them? What would you say is a good bit of advice? Make sure that the first time you are DMing, you are with people you trust to to go with you. And you trust not to try and get uh, only things they want out of you. That they are going on this journey with you because you want to try it. And that way, at least your first time... This is sound really silly, but it's just like having sex for the first time. Make sure you do it with someone you trust. And it's with DMing because you're you're being so vulnerable as a first time DM. Just make sure that you won't be be cut down because the people you're playing with are assholes. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, definitely ha- having the right table, like getting a good group of people, especially the first time as a DM, is super important. Um, I was fairly l- lucky in that. My first group was a random table at a game store, so they were completely random. I didn't know them from a bar of soap, and they were fantastic people. Uh, but the experience is not always going to be like that. Uh, so if you if you do get someone at a table in a random situation like that, or you've got a friend that potentially might not be great at the table, don't be afraid to say, "Look, these." This is the first time that I'm DMing, you know, these are the expectations that I need, you know, I'm going to make mistakes, don't hold them against me type of thing. Uh, And, uh, you know, outside of that, it's just a bunch of fun. Yeah, and and don't forget to, to put the rule of cool on yourself as well. Uh, it's not only the players that get to go off book, it's you too. If you think of something fun, it's happening. Oh, yeah. If if you decide, you know what would be funny in this situation is, is if I put a dire wolf in the bar and yeah. what's stopping you from throwing a dire wolf in a bar? I mean... Exactly. It's someone's <laughs> pet that hasn't had had his food yet i know yeah you know it's just a curious it's just curious it just wants to know what's going on mm-hmm. sounds like a good could be your friend if you play it right uh, <laughs> never know never know um it has been an absolute pleasure and honor having a chat to you today uh lana um uh, it's 
I could keep going for hours, but I do have to wrap it up at some point. Um, where can people find you, uh, either on socials or, or uh, on socials? I'm I'm Lana Leesvoer everywhere. That's a Dutch word, and nobody understands it. But it's L E E S V O E R. It's reading food in Dutch, and I never changed it. So uh, people will have to deal. And I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, uh, I'm also on Facebook, but I do Facebook in Dutch, and that's not that interesting. And I tweet about role-playing, like, a lot, <laughs> so come and join. Cool, sounds like a bunch of fun. Um, people can find me at tails underscore DM pretty much everywhere and anywhere you want to look. Uh, you'll be able to be able to find me. Um, feel free to reach out if you're a new DM and you want to have a chat or if you have questions I'm more than happy to help uh, thank you very much for, for coming on Lana thank you for having me no worries and we'll see you in the next episode thank you <laughs>